Welcome to The Seed on the Air, a podcast of The Seed Church in Wichita, Kansas. This is Ryan McCoskey, your host and pastor of The Seed Church, and I am excited to introduce our guest today, Mr. Evan James Reinert. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So Evan, it is a lot of fun to have you on today, my friend. You came uh, here to the building right around noon for pizza and prayer today. Yeah, it was a good time. It's always nice hanging out, having pizza, getting to pray with each other, just uh, living life with some of the members of the church. How's that been? We've we've done pizza and prayer for a couple months now or so. Talk to uh, talk to everyone about what your experience of that has been like. Has that been a, a valuable thing for you and others? You think? Um, I think it's been really good. I actually met Zach before he was hired on and we sat and prayed together one day and got to know each other a little bit better. Um, and it gave me a little bit of insight into who he was before I knew he was being considered for the, uh, position here at the seed as the executive assistant. And, um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I think the, one of the funniest comments was last time I was here talking to Charlie and he made the comment, you know, normally with prayer, you're fasting. But when you come to the seed, you get pizza and then you get a prayer. <laughs> so it's kind of the opposite a little bit. That's funny. I've loved it, man. It's been a good time. I think it's been kind of fun just to see people where they are, pray together. And it, it's reminded me just how valuable it is to gather at times just for the purpose of praying. And it's been nice because every time I've been kind of paired up with someone different when we pair off. And so you get to know that person, know their life, know their struggles. And it's just, it's nice to... Um, just be able to serve those people by praying for them and to be served when they pray for you. Yeah, that's really good. So, dude, also today, uh, something that was kind of out of the ordinary was you joined me for a conference call with Joe Marino. He is uh, not related to Dan Marino, the famous quarterback of the Dolphins, in case somebody's wondering here. But uh, he is a church planter out of Nebraska and got a chance just to catch up with him and hear how his ministry is. And uh, Evan process, uh, I think we had a cool people to hear. You've gone on some of the trips we've taken for Acts 29, just to go hang out with other planners and encourage other church leaders. What has it meant to you personally to be a part of a local church here at the seed where we just have connections with our local churches and invested in trying to help other churches get established and share the gospel and be healthy? Um, I think for me, there was a, a phase, especially early on in my walk with Christ, when my view of the church was the church that I saw on Sunday mornings. I didn't think about other churches in our own city, let alone other churches in other cities. Um, and just being a part of that Acts 29 network and being able to go to those gatherings with all of the pastors and staff members and elders of these other churches, um, it's just really blessed me to see how the gospel is working across the entire kind of heartland regional that we're a part of. Hmm. Um, and then even some of the guys that came in from like New Jersey or places like that, that spoke at some of those conferences and to see the gospel and how it's impacting lives over the entirety of our country. And then with Acts 29 being an international network and having churches all over the world, um, you can kind of go to their website and see all the impact that they're, that God's having on the entire world and how um, the gospel is moving and powerful and how the church is not just our local building that comes together on Sunday, um, but the church is all of the people that love and trust Christ. Yeah, man, that's, 
it's been really good for my soul to be a part of other people's ministries and to learn from others and, and to have the joy of giving for the sake of helping others. And, uh, so right now, Evan, in our local church, we're in a season of just a lot of transition and change and growth and, uh, seeing honestly, some really beautiful things that God is doing in many spaces. And it, it's been a really good season, though painful at moments of just learning and growing. And so what do you think are some things, Evan, that you personally are learning in this season right now, just as you observe the church and you're a part of the church? Uh, it's just been really interesting to see how our church kind of filled the void when some leadership spots came open, how um, the worship teams come together and just consistently led really good worship on Sunday mornings. It has been um, good. And been able to serve our church body in that way, but then to see some of the different... Um, people step up in the seedlings ministry and really teach and love on kids or to see, um, you know, Tamara and Sam step up and kind of lead the gospel community thing and really start serving and loving on us there because that's where the relationships are built is on in those gospel communities. Hmm. That's where we kind of live life together. You know, Sunday mornings at corporate gathering, we see each other, uh, but there's not really time to like get down deep in each other's lives. And so just seeing people that are willing to, to get their hands dirty and do the work of, of loving kids and serving kids, which is, is hard. And then to really love and serve each other, it's it's been really interesting to watch and encouraging. Yeah, I think encouraging is a really good word. I would agree. I've had a lot of the same observations too. I, in fact, uh, someone was telling me the other day, they, they had this metaphor I thought was so good. But the metaphor they had was, in the midst of transition, sometimes organizations can feel like snow globes. Like it just, everything gets shaken up and all the flakes are in the air. And so on one standpoint, that's really hard, but the advantage is it gives you the freedom to decide where you want all those things to land, you know, so you get it up in the air and you can kind of decide how how do we want this to look as we move forward. Um, And so dude, one of those things that's really exciting that we can share because it was announced this last Sunday, we elders have been talking to you about for a while, but we're, we've officially entered you into the elder confirmation process to work toward becoming an elder uh, here at this church. And so how about, I think it'd be good, Evan, for you just to take a few minutes and talk about, for those of you who don't know you as well, uh, maybe you weren't at the seed in the really early days and, and got to know you. Just kind of talk about how your story has um, changed and grown and what God has done kind of since you came to the seed. So, I mean, that's a really big question I'm asking you. Uh, so Reader's Digest is okay, but just kind of give us a sense of what your journeys look like. Okay, so um, I started coming to the seed through a, a friend that invited me before we were even a church. We were still a church plan at that time, meeting at the Youth Horizons building on Sunday nights. Um, I know most people won't believe it now, but I used to come and sit in the back and not really talk to anybody. Um, the people that were there then could vouch for that. Um, and through just some relationships in some of the community groups and things like that, um, I grew up in the church, but I had completely fallen away. Um, I was baptized when I was really young, but I don't know that I'd consider myself a Christian at that point in time. Um, and I was one of the first voted on members of our church, which is kind of cool to think about. Um, I was kind of there when it was founded. And then, um, as I walked and started serving, um, I was the first baptism in our church at the boathouse. That was uh, awesome. In the, in the giant tub that they used to hold the beer. The beer in um, the trash. Um, so it was it was kind of funny that we used it for the purpose of of washing, representing the washing away of my sins. Um, 
And then from there, I um, kind of came on staff for a little bit, and I was doing kind of the setup and teardown thing. I was leading the volunteer coordinator list. Evan, did you come on staff while you're we still at Boathouse, or did we make that shift when when we moved to North High? Wasn't that a it was, North High? It was move? right after we moved to North High. Okay, because um, I'd been doing it at the Boathouse, and we just you you approached me about it and said, "Hey, why don't we just make this a paid position, and you're just here every Sunday?" And I yeah. said, "All right, sounds good." Um, and so for about five years, that's what I did was I, my church was, I was there every morning at sun, Sunday at seven thirty, and I got done about 1230. Um, and it was some really good fellowship time before service with mm. some of the band, with you, um, with Jason. Um, and so I really, I really treasured that time. And I was a little bit nervous when we were coming to the building, not because I knew I would be coming off staff, but because I was like, well, that's where I plug in and get some of like my really good fellowship time. And how am I going to replace that? Hmm. Um, and I've had to replace that by pouring a little bit more into gospel communities, putting a little bit more into that and being more intentional at hanging out with people outside of the building. That's good. Um, and so from there, um, my wife and I have been trying to adopt for almost a year now. Um, and so God was kind of preparing me for a leadership role, I felt like. And in my mind, I was like, oh, well, he wants me to be a better husband. He's going to be ready to be a father. And um, there's opportunities for advancement in my job. And so I thought, well, maybe he's trying to prepare me to be a better leader in my job. And then um, the Sunday when um, Sean announced he was leaving, I was like, oh, no, that's that's crazy. What are we going to do? And God said, well, this is what I was getting you ready for. It wasn't any of the other stuff. Your plans mm. aren't what I was looking at. Here's what I was looking at. Um, so when I approached you, I was like, I don't know if you need someone to like mow the grass, take out the trash, like vacuum the floors. And you were like, well, let's just start meeting and see where he wants you to get plugged in. Um, and it, it progressed over the last several months to me starting the eldership process. That's awesome. Dude, you mentioned your wife. I think it's really cool too. You, you met Corey through the seed, right? I did. So, um, so when did Corey start coming around at the seed? I, I can't remember the exact time. Do you know roughly when that was? I think she was at the seed before I was. Um, I think she was coming um, with Ashley Olbrook, who's now Ashley Zevenbergen. Um, and we really got plugged in when we were in a gospel community. That's at, like when you met her, was it a gospel mm -hmm, community? At the Cyrus's house when Sean and Emily were living there. Um, and we were both in that gospel community. And that was back when... I mean, the whole church could go out for dinner after service on Sunday night. Right, because how many, how many was, was it? There was all 15 or 20 <laughs> of us. Um, and so we'd, we'd have church service and we're like, okay, where do we want to go eat? And we'd all have dinner, um, which is crazy to think about the fact that we all used to be able to go just walk in a restaurant, sit down and eat dinner together because we've grown in such immense proportions since then. That's really cool. Yeah, so, and then when did you and Corey get married? I remember it was, it was August, right? Uh, September. September, okay. Yep. So we got married in September of uh, 2003, or 2013, sorry. <laughs> I was like, wow. Because um, we, when we actually only dated for about a year before we got married, um, but it was just something where God's hand was on the relationship. Um, we yeah. did some counseling with you um, before we got married, and it was just, it's just something that um, God has used her immensely in my walk with him to grow me and mature me and make me into a better leader. Um, and I, I think without hmm. her, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, cause she's 
really good at calling me out when I am um, not acting appropriately. And for those of you that know me, I'm a pretty strong personality and she is strong enough to correct me when I need it. So it's yeah. very good. Yeah, man. One of the things that, uh, one of the things that we elders have recognized, Evan, was, I mean, when you look at uh, First Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1, we get many qualities that are listed that, that elders are called to identify in other leaders just to continue raising up and forming leaders in a church. And, you know, something that comes up consistently is just a, a, a man who desires to lead well and, and, and isn't going to find space in just passivity. You know, but but to really desire in the right ways, in in gentle ways and godly ways to be assertive. And so one of those spaces, Evan, we felt like we could really affirm in you is just how how strong your work ethic is. You know, both Sunday mornings when you're doing setup and teardown, but even just watching you serve in different places in the church, but also in your job. So talk a bit about your vocation, uh, what you do for a living and, and just kind of a a few words on that. So, um, my job is a physical therapist. I work for advanced physical therapy. We're a locally owned physical therapy company. Um, we serve about 50 to 60% of the outpatient market here in the Wichita area. Um, there's 21 total clinics in the company and we're always looking to grow and serve underserved communities. Um, I, uh, recently in July of last year received a award for best in patient care from the American health council for 2018. That was awesome. Um, which was kind of a cool honor. I still don't know how I was even nominated for it. Um, but it's, it's kind of an honor to receive that because, um, I enjoy having students and teaching students. Um, I've had several students do rotations under me as they go through school. And I always try to teach them to value the patient as a, as a person. And to see them as more than just the injury that they sustained or the surgery that they had um, and, and to treat them as a person and develop an actual relationship with the patient so that they can serve them better, um, which I don't know if everybody does that in the medical field. Um, sometimes you walk into a medical facility and you feel like you're just a number or a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to not let my treatments be that way. Yeah, that's really good. That's good it's been cool to see you grow significantly in your professional career over the years and just what God has done there. Evan, talk about, um, because it's, it's just a great opportunity because it's a podcast people can hear from you. Uh, because I mean, part of the elder confirmation process is this is a time for you to be tested to some degree, right? People to ask you questions, get to know you. And, and we're just kind of asking the Holy spirit to confirm for us that God is calling you to be that next elder, right? Talk about your sense of calling some, Evan, as, as you um, have come to Christ, you were baptized, you've, you've walked with Jesus uh, for several years now. Um, what has kind of, what has God done to kind of help further confirm like the calling in your heart that I just, I feel like God is calling me just to be a part of shepherding the body? Um, well, for me, one of my main struggles has always been pride. Um, I'm a very proud person because of that work ethic. And in my career, that's praised by the world that, you know, you're good at what you do, be proud of what you do and let everybody know what you do. Um, Mm. And so when you first approached me about eldership, my first response was, I don't know if that's the right thing for me because being in front of the church and being a leader might feed into my pride and I may use it incorrectly, that platform that's available. Um, 
And as I prayed about it more, um, as I talked with you more, I realized that that was probably me getting in the way of the gospel and getting in the way of God's work to make an excuse so that I didn't have to open myself up to letting people know me better, letting people see what my life is really like, see where my shortcomings are. Um, I feel like I'm a very knowledgeable guy when it comes to a lot of things, but I've never felt knowledgeable in scripture. Um, Mm. And so I almost feel like that, that insecurity, I was like, well, if I don't take that risk, then I don't have to grow in that way. Um, And so I was, I was very encouraged by talking to a couple different people in the church, talking to our current elders um, when they're like, no, I think God is calling you to this. And I think you need to submit and show everyone that you're, you're not the perfect person you want to per- them to perceive and that you still need to grow even though you're an elder. Um, yeah, that's great, man. I, I think it was so cool was, as we had that conversation, Evan was, you know, the, it, it actually gave me more confidence when we had that first conversation because there was the self-awareness and the confession and honesty. You say, Hey, listen, these are some things that I have to go to Jesus for still. These are some way. And, and the fact is, dude, you're, you're actually pretty knowledgeable about a lot of things in scripture, not as much as you are with physical therapy, obviously, but that's just also kind of the, the space that you live in is just like high knowledge space. Right. Um, but I actually had a lot more confidence in you that you could talk about yourself that way. Um, and it was also great that we could, as we built up the point of confirming you, it was great for us to say, hey, like this really is a concern. We should work through it. But if you're just saying you recognize you're a sinner and that you have flesh and therefore there could be some pitfalls, well, like welcome to the club, right? Uh, but the real issue uh, that I think was there was, man, is there a sense of calling here? And as we look at the qualities of elder, are these things that you take seriously? Like are these things that you would say, yeah, like God has worked these in my life and I want to continue growing. And that's just been real confirming to see that, you know, and to experience that, um, as you've walked in that space. So really good, man. Anything else, um, as you've kind of walked this with your wife and you and your wife had just had conversations about it. Like what, what's that been like in that space? Um, I know there's a lot of demands on an elder schedule and I know there's a lot of demands on me in my normal job. Um, and we've had a couple discussions just about, um, when we spend time together, spending it together well, not just sitting together in front of a TV or um, something like that to where, you know, you end up, you both sit on the couch, you turn on the TV, look at your phones, and there's no actual interaction there. Um, and so I feel like since we've started this process, there's been a little bit more intentionality in our interactions with each other, um, a little bit more time that we spend sitting, talking, working through things. Um, part of that's also occurred through the adoption process. Um, yeah, because part of that is an intense background check process, home inspection. Um, the the lady that does our home inspection sent us a questionnaire that was like, I think it ended up being like 15 or 16 pages long by the time we were done, um, where we both talk in depth about um, our lives or upbringing, how we want to raise our family, um, some things that most people don't have that conversation before they have kids. Um, and so actually through part of that process, I feel like God used that to grow us as well. Um and I feel like now we're kind of in the, the perseverance stage of we both have to keep encouraging each other, loving each other. Um, and so it also works during the eldership process of, yeah. you know, encouraging each other, loving each other, um, spending some time reading some books, reading the word, 
um, praying about, you know, what does this mean for our marriage, for our relationship and, um, just the whole thing of, you know, knowing what I can discuss with my wife and what I can't, since I said it on last month's elder meeting, there were some things discussed and I was like, I don't know if I can share any of this with her. And so I had to sit down with, um, Matt and Philip and say, Hey, how much do you tell your wives about like stuff you talk about? Um, because I was like, I don't want to say anything. Well, then if I don't talk to my wife, I also am not loving her well. Um, so it's, it's been an interesting process to kind of work through Mm. and learn to love her well and still serve the church. Well, yeah, that that's really good, man. We're just past 20 minutes. So we'll, we'll sign off here real soon. But one more question I think that is just, I think really good and appropriate when we're talking about church leadership, Evan, from my, from your own experience, uh, what you've seen in the word, just kind of from, from who you are, it's really cool today to listen to you. I've, I've heard it before, but you know, listen to it with fresh ears. We're doing this podcast together, you know, the, the adoption story, working through that. Um, and, and just, there's been pain there, right. And a lot of waiting. And then like you growing in your career and pressing in there, um, you like part of why we elders felt like we can pursue you is like, th- yeah, this is a guy who's, who has sinned like anyone else, but this is a guy who at times has been hit and has walked with a limp, but has still come back to Jesus and said, I'm here. And this is a guy who has admitted fault. And this is a guy who's confessed sin. And like, how, how significant has it been? Do you think it is like in leadership that, that you have guys who um, aren't quick to strut, but know how to walk with a limp as Jesus disciplines them in their life? Um, I think that's really good. Um, I think uh, I, I approach my job like this a lot too, where I try to tell patients, I can answer any question you have. And if I don't have the answer, I'll try to find it. And I feel like, um, you know, church leadership is, is that way as well, where you can try to answer questions. Um, and if you don't have the answer, you need to go to scripture and try to find it. But there's also going to be times where you don't have an answer. Um, where you just have to pray through it and trust in God. Um, and I feel like me five, six years ago was not quick to say, I don't know. And maybe we need to go to scripture and find it. Mm. Um, and me where I'm at now, I don't hesitate if I don't know something to say, um, I'm not sure. Maybe we need to talk to Ryan or maybe we need to talk to one of the other elders and just see where they are at on this. Um, so that I don't mislead somebody in what scripture says. Hmm. Brother, I'm so glad that you've been on the podcast today. It's great to catch up, hang out and talk. And I'm glad you're in the elder confirmation process. Hey, listeners out there, if you're a member, you'll be voting on Evan. So reach out if you have any questions. And thanks for being on today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. It was a good time.